Hello and welcome to the Villain Era podcast. My name is Justine. I am so happy you guys have tuned in this week. We are going to dive into the differences I've noticed in dating in my 30s versus dating in my 20s and also just the changes in the dating atmosphere that have definitely happened in the last like seven years since I have been dating before because I've noticed a lot of different things. I'm like, this feels very different, kind of weird, kind of great, awesome, much better on a lot of things, but also just a lot of different things I've noticed that I'm going to dive into. In terms of weekly recap, I totally forgot last week, guys, I wanted to recap a little bit on South by Southwest because I had told you guys I had some plans to go to some events. Um, And South by Southwest sucks. (laughs) Like, it just, I mean... Okay, like, I probably could have done better at, like, planning and, like, figuring it out. But overall, I think it's just confusing what South by Southwest is. There is lines to get into everything. I waited over two hours to get into this free event that I even got there so early for. And then once you get into the free event, then there's more lines. And then you couldn't even do anything that they were advertising. And I'm like, I'm just at a point in my life where I would rather pay money to be at an event. I would rather pay for my drinks. I would rather pay for food and to be comfortable and not wait in line. And so I went to one South by Southwest event and I was like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> like it made me so grumpy. I was so tired after. Honestly, I didn't really necessarily see any other specific events I was like dying to go to. And after I waited in the line for the one, I was just like, ugh. Like, okay, I'm good. And then this is what I don't get either, is that I feel like all over social media, it's hyped about how fun South by Southwest is. And then I tell like locals, they're like, oh, how was your first South by Southwest event? And I was like, oh my God, it was terrible. And they're like, oh, yeah, sounds about right. And I'm like, so who are these people who love South by Southwest? Like, who are they? Because I've yet to meet them. But yeah, so that was like last week. Time I got back this week, I was dying for some like personal interaction I have made a couple friends here and one of them does stand up. So that's been like a really cool thing. I love, I got to go listen to her do an open mic night. And then honestly, this week has been hard. I have had a lot of anxiety. I want to say that I don't even know what brought it on, but I know definitely there are two specific things that have sparked it a little bit, but there's definitely two things that sparked it a little bit. And then I just think though, I feel like the anxiety is way higher than it should be. I was like catastrophizing things. I was waking up and just playing these situations in my head that like never happened. And I was just making up these crazy stories. So it's been like a very stressful week. So I am super happy to, I mean, recording the podcast is one of my favorite things to do. So I love when I just get to sit down and chat and like be creative and I can kind of bleh, bleh word vomit on (laughs) y'all. Get it out. (laughs) So with that being said, I don't know. Everything's good. Dating life's good. I think, you know, actually we never know about that. (laughs) Seems fine. Um, anyway, let's just, let's just dive into this week's podcast episode because I have a lot, I have a lot of thoughts. So the number one thing that I think I've noticed the biggest difference in dating in my twenties versus my thirties is literally just the amount of confidence I have. I just know what I bring to the table and I'm really not looking at this in a way of, oh, I need to prove something to a man or I need to convince a man to like me. In my 20s, I really never thought that I was hot. I thought that I was cute. I thought that I was like decent looking, but now I just feel way more confident with my 
looks, with my body, and also way more confident in the fact that that doesn't even matter that much per se. But it definitely, my 20s, I just never felt like I could date a guy that I thought was hot. I think I really settled in the looks department with a lot of people that I dated because I just thought that was the best I could get. One, right, I just always thought I was not necessarily good enough to date someone who I thought was really hot. But secondly, I also just always thought to myself, well, if they're really hot, they're probably a douchebag. And that was proven to me a couple times. I think if I think back to the more like one of the hotter guys I've dated who's very like into fitness and things like that, I was like, he is such a tool bag. <laughs> really, it was just him. Um, but that kind of made me think like, oh, I don't necessarily want to date guys like that, even though that's so just because one guy is like that, and probably a lot of guys are like that, doesn't mean that they're all like that. Yeah, so the fact that I just have more confidence, I feel like there's no one in my mind is out of my league. I know, like I mentioned, I know what I bring to the table, and my confidence is not determined by your validation. With that, also being more confident, I feel way more open to just being myself right away. Showing my weird, showing what I want, And then always remembering that I am the prize. I think that's really important to remember. I am the prize. It's not, oh, can I find someone willing to date me? It's they're lucky to have me in their life. But I think with having that confidence and showing your weird, my whole thing is that you're going to see your weird at some point. I'd rather just show it right away. And if it scares someone off, scare them off right away. I don't need to scare you off after three dates when I show my weird then. I'm just going to scare you off right away. You're either for me or you're not, right? I don't plan to be every person's cup of tea. But I think that just showing up who I am and being really confident in that has been so, so different in the dating world. Yeah, so that's, that's definitely the number one thing. And that really translates into the next thing, which I would say knowing what I want. When I think back to dating in my 20s, I don't think that I ever was even thinking about, okay, what am I looking for? What do I want? It was just going out, having fun, dating guys I liked. I don't think that I was necessarily looking for anything important. It was just kind of like when things came around, they did. And now I actually, I know what I want in a relationship because I failed so miserably in one, right? I failed so miserably in a marriage that I'm like, okay, I know very clearly. I have a list in my phone of the things that are important to me. And a lot of those things are something I, as I mentioned, I was almost against before dating guys that were really into health and fitness because I felt like that was like a tool bag kind of guy. And they don't need to be bodybuilders by any means, but someone that does pay attention to taking care of their health and fitness is important to me. I'm not going to deny that. And I think it's so much more to, it's not even about looks, right? It's just the fact that someone who takes care of their health and fitness, that's a certain lifestyle that they choose. It's definitely... You know, I go out for sure. I drink alcohol for sure. But the food choices I make, the amount of alcohol I try to put in my body, the other things I do, I take care of myself and I build a life that I think is like a healthy, well-balanced life. So that's really important to me. Having similar interests. I feel like I dated so many guys that I'm like, I don't really have them anything in common with them. But, oh, you know, you go do your thing and I'll go do my thing. At the end of the day, I don't want that anymore. I am a very independent person. I have my own friends. I love that. I think it's super important in a relationship to have your own things. But I also think that you need to have things to do together. (laughs) And it can't just be Netflix or a certain show. But what are things that you enjoy? So going to watch sports, enjoying that, 
hiking, maybe paddleboarding, traveling, having some similar interests because I do when I ultimately get in a relationship again, I have my best friend. I like my girlfriends will always be my best friends, but I want to be able to say that, hey, my partner is one of my best friends. And I haven't really been in a relationship where I can say that before. It's also really important to me to be with someone who is willing to be around my family and around my friends. I was telling someone the other week that to me, being home, it's not about a place. It's really more so just about being with my brother, my sister, my mom, sometimes my dad. Um, But it's more so really my brother and sister just being with them when we just have dinner together in Austin. This feels like home to me. And my ex was really anti my siblings and I think caused a lot of strife in terms of maybe not being able to do as many things with them as I would like. And that's not something I would stand for before. I remember my ex hated my family and I would just say, oh, no one likes their in-laws. It's totally fine. And while I don't need my partner to be like best friends, like that's not an absolute requirement. It is going to be really important to me that we all get along because we get along with my brother-in-law so well. My brother-in-law and my brother are like, you know, they call each other. They said, we dropped the in-laws. You're just straight my brother. And I hope that whoever I bring into the family as well can be friends with them and they like to hang out with us because we have so much freaking fun just having drinks on a Friday night and playing games together. And like, that's what I want in a partner is someone who's just going to chill with us, have a couple beers, play silly games, laugh, sit around the bonfire. So understanding that that that's really important to me. And also I think like, I'm just not fucking around anymore, right? I'm 33. I've dated a lot of people. I've seen what I dislike and what I don't like. And I understand what issues I'm willing to talk through, what I'm willing to tolerate versus the things that are like really red flags that I'm saying, okay, I'm not dealing with this. But it's kind of a shit or get off the pot type of thing. I know what I want. I'm not going to be willy nilly just like wasting time, wasting time with a person, not because I'm in a rush to get anywhere, but I just don't feel like I need to waste time on a person that's not going anywhere. It doesn't want the same things as me. And then also with knowing what I want, I mentioned this before, but I am just not afraid to be a little bit more shallow than I was in my 20s. I think that in my 20s gave a lot of credit. Oh, he's such a nice guy. Well, first off, the nice guys are going to fuck you over too. So fuck them being a nice guy. That does not matter. (laughs) Um, That is not a reason to date someone. Being a little bit shallow because I really, really, as you guys know, I've talked about this. I have just come into my sexuality so much having sex and feeling that and like being in my sexuality is so important. I feel so invigorated by it that I want to be with someone that I'm like, oh my God, I want you to, I want you naked. <laughs> um, and both of the guys that I dated in college, they both went from college athletes to putting on in a lot of weight. And I'm talking like 40 pounds. So the guy I dated the beginning of college, he played soccer. And then once he quit playing soccer, He just put on so much weight. I mean, drinking, I feel like that was really hitting home. I remember the first time I slept with someone else after who was in shape. And I remember laying in bed and be like, oh my God, this is what it feels like to lay next to someone that you find actually hot. And then the guy I dated at the end of college into kind of adulthood, he put on a ton of weight as well. And we were just so not into the same things in terms of food and working out and things like that. And it definitely got to a point where I just wasn't into it. I have nothing bad to say about the second guy, the guy kind of like my end of college boyfriend. He was a great person, but we just really wanted different things in life. We're very, very different. 
But at the end of it, he straight up told me that I made him feel very emasculated over the fact that I was very clearly not interested in him anymore. And that made me feel really shitty. That's not how I ever want someone to feel around me. But at the same time, I want someone who's going to take care of themselves. I want to look really hot when I'm older. I want to be a power couple. And so right now in dating, obviously, I think when you fall in love with someone and you have kids and you're down the road, things happen and you love a person deeper. But to get started right now, 20s versus 30s, I'm, as I've mentioned, I'm okay with being a little shallow. I promise, guys, we're going to be getting some, I promise we're going to get into some deeper conversations here. I just hit a lot on looks in that first 15 minutes. The other thing that I have seen such a difference in, in my mindset, and I would say I'm still really exploring this, is the act of how feminism shows up in dating and then how you can be a feminist versus being in your feminine energy. Because for a long time, I was really confused by this topic. I thought that if I was in my feminine energy, I couldn't be a feminist. And that's not the case, right? Feminism is sitting here and saying, hey, we deserve equal rights. We deserve equal pay. Being in your feminine energy is being in that receiving energy, getting to be soft, not having to always be in the driver's seat. They're very different things here. And you can be that boss, badass bitch during the day and then be more in that feminine energy in your relationship. And that's really my goal and what I'm looking for. I am in my masculine energy all day with work. I'm super like driven. I think lifting weights kind of just puts you in that masculine energy. I want to date for lack of a better way of saying this, right? Because I think there is toxic masculinity as well. But like, I just want to date a man. Like I want to date a man who wants to take care of me, who wants to take care of things. This can be done in a respectful way. This does not need to be done in a controlling way. I just want to date a man who's going to like kind of take the reins on things, who's going to plan things, who is motivated. Like that's really important to me. I have dated a lot of men who have been in their more feminine energy. And again, ultimately that turns into a huge turnoff for me. And then that makes me have to be in my masculine so much. And I just get exhausted by it. Like I just want someone to be the more dominant person. And I think there's a really easy way to do this where it's still respectful. I'm not saying that I'm not 50-50 partner in this, but when it comes to things like planning dates or just taking care of things, be the man in that situation because I want to be able to show up in a more soft and feminine way and I don't want to be like I'm hard and like driving the relationship all the time. So obviously this is a balance. I ultimately want to feel like I'm being pursued. I want to feel like I'm being courted. One of the big things I have stopped doing in my 30s is that I'm not going to fake grab my wallet on a date. I always did this in my 20s, right? Like, oh, I'm going to pretend that let me go pay. I'll go fake grab my wallet. But no, I want to be courted right now. You are in the dating stages. I think a guy should be taking you on a date. As women, we put so much energy into our makeup, our clothes, like making sure that we feel safe everything there that I think the least the guy can do is plan and pay for a date. I don't think that this is like a forever thing, I would say. I think I feel like a guy should be paying for dates when we're more in that courting phase. I definitely do see when I'm once I'm into a relationship of it being a little bit more 50-50. 
obviously I would still want him to plan dates nights and things like that. But I'm not saying, oh, I want a man to pay for everything forever in the relationship. That's not how I see things. But I do think if they are trying to take me on dates, and as I mentioned, I, I want to be courted. I want a little bit of that princess treatment. So I'm not going to fake pay for the date. Um, there are times where I'll pay for things. Kind of going into all of the things women do to prepare for dates. I 100% believe that you don't owe a guy anything. If you don't want to wear makeup, if that's how you are, you don't have to wear makeup on a date, right? I really enjoy looking sexy on a date. I think that was a big thing in my 20s. I would always kind of concern of, oh, maybe I shouldn't wear a low cut top on a first date, right? I should look, (laughs) um, I probably went like business casual or something. But now, especially I think because I live so much of my life in fitness clothes and leggings or once you start to see someone and they've seen you in your pajamas or they've seen you in your leggings when you have those date nights I really like to put that effort in to make sure that I look good because I want to remind you like I am her bitch like I am her (laughs) and I want you to I want them to see me as like hey this is the prize obviously in more ways than just physical but I like to look good and then I think that when you go on dates again you don't owe a guy anything but from a guy's perspective I'm just gonna tell you if you take me out on a nice date if you open the door for me if you give me flowers if you tell me I look really beautiful on our date that's all gonna work (laughs) that's all gonna work in your favor there's only so much romance that happens after a night of Netflixing. Netflix. I was talking to someone. I think the idea of like a slow build where you are out to dinner and like that hand on the thigh and those small little things where I've talked about this before, where that's really where foreplay starts and you get to have that tension build. By the time you get home, if you're on a good date and you're into this guy, it's going to be 10 times better than just coming over to Netflix and chill. And at the end of the day, I know that I want to also be with someone who I, I want to celebrate Valentine's Day. I am 100% not one of those girls who's like, oh, this is a cheesy holiday. Like, yeah, maybe it is cheesy, but so what? Like, lean into the cheese. <laughs> Take the cheese. And there's not that many other times where we do silly stuff like that. So I want to celebrate Valentine's Day. I want to be with someone who wants to make plans for my birthday. And I know if I act like super cool and chill and like I'm not into that now, I'm not going to get that down the road. So just Going back to being myself, being in my feminine energy, and allowing someone to court me has been really, really important. Now, this next topic, this is a big one. I just want to talk about apps in general. I want to talk about dating apps. I want to talk about social media. I want to talk about the digital world and how much it has changed since I dated before because it's a whole new landscape. We'll rewind a minute. I met my husband about seven years ago. Before that, I had a nice, hot, single summer. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. And the year before, so I had broken up. I'd been in a four-year relationship that we broke up around December. And then I was single from, like, end of December and then all the way into, like, November, December of the next year and before I met my ex-husband. And so during that little summer... Tinder and dating apps were just becoming a thing. So I did go on Tinder a little bit, but I definitely was still using it as a dating app versus now I think Tinder is so hookup-y. Hinge was around, I remember, but this used to be when you literally had to have someone in common. You had to have a Facebook person in common for them to show you on Hinge at this point. And now I just feel like there are so many options. (laughs) Like there's obviously Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, The League, 
Raya, not that I can even get on Raya, right? But um, like coffee meets bagel, plenty of fish. I haven't even, I've never dove into the more traditional ones like Match.com or OkCupid or anything like that. But there's just a million dating apps. It's crazy. Since I've been single in my 30s, I have only been on Bumble and Hinge. Essentially, it's just the same people on all the apps. I can't imagine that if you're on Tinder either. I know it's like the triangle of sadness. Um, personally, Tinder is just a no for me. It feels way too hookup related. And actually, one time when I was annoyed at a guy for being on Tinder, I part of it was just like, Tinder is just for hookups. So that said to me, is that is that what you're just looking for? Like that was like a deeper level. It's like, is that it? You're just looking for hookups? Because why else would any guy be on Tinder? Bumble, I don't love because I don't like having to send that first message. Kind of going back to the previous topic I was talking about, I want the guy to pursue me. I don't want to go out and reach out to them. I also find it super annoying how when you're on Bumble and you swipe left on someone, so if you say no to them, Bumble will pop up and it says like, hey, you just missed a match. And if this app is supposed to be so female oriented, I feel like that is just saying that, oh, you should have liked this guy because he liked you. And that doesn't feel to me like we're putting women in the driver's seat. That's like saying, oh, maybe you want to change your mind now knowing that this guy liked you, which I think is just silly. And then I will say Hinge has definitely been my favorite dating app. Not that any of them have worked out for me by any means, <laughs> but I think it just has good prompts. I like to let the man message first and any of the online dates I have gone on have gone from Hinge. At the end of the day though, I will say still the only person really worthwhile I met in, met in real life. Not that I think dating apps are not helpful. My sister definitely met her husband and he's amazing on Bumble. Yeah, the only person I'm like seeing realistically was someone I met in real life. Anyway, like it's just wild. It's wild how many dating apps there are. It's so different than from when we were younger. And I feel like because there's so many dating apps and because so many people feel like they have social anxiety now, no one hits on you in person. And when it comes down to it, you have such a higher chance of succeeding if you hit on me in person. Because if I'm looking at your online dating profile and there's four good pictures and then there's one where I'm like, ugh. I don't know. That's already giving me like a little bit of the ick. And I've talked to my therapist about this before. And she said, you know, think about this person as if you met them out at the bar, would you be really excited about it? You wouldn't have to be looking at their resume or this crazy dating app information. So it's been very different. And it's just weird to me a little bit at the same time how you can just almost just get on and get a date in the snap of your fingers so quickly. It feels almost too easy and then you're not necessarily getting quality. So when I am on dating apps, I, which my dating apps have actually been paused for most of the year, just feeling like I need to focus on myself. But when I am on them, I do like to be pretty picky. Um, <laughs> when I was younger, I was looking for quantity matches, like how many matches can I get? Now that I'm older, I want quality matches where I don't need a ton of matches. But if I'm going to match with someone, hopefully it's a quality lead, quality lead. See, that's terrible. That's a that's just the terrible mindset of dating that I'm thinking of someone that I would match with as a lead. Dating apps are so, so different. The other thing we got to talk about Snapchat. Yes, I am 33 years old and I do still use Snapchat. However, I do not use it in the same way that these young kids are using it these days. Like, holy hell, it's so different. 
I think that one, obviously, if a guy just says, oh, what's your Snapchat? Red flag. I do like Snapchat for sending just like quick little pics, funny little things throughout the day. Me and my girlfriends use it in group messages so we can send group pics through there. That's what we use it for. However, I matched with a 24-year-old, which everyone can just yell at me, right? Just teen, like, what is your problem? I think I was 32 at the time, so it wasn't quite as bad. Um, But I matched with this 24-year-old. At no point did he ever ask for my phone number. We matched on Hinge. Right away, he asked for my Snapchat and my Instagram. He followed on both of those. And then we literally only communicated through Snapchat to the point where one time I was going to his house and he lived in like this massive apartment complex. I was like, bro, give me some tips on like which which apartment is yours. I cannot find these numbers. And he's like sending me map directions in Snapchat. And that was definitely a low point where I was just like, I cannot believe this guy doesn't have my phone number and I'm going to meet him. And then also just like the way he would communicate via Snapchat. Like, he would just, like, send me a selfie of, like, half his face, and he wouldn't say anything. And then I'm just like, I am I supposed to talk back to you? Am I supposed to send, do you want to see half my face in a selfie in response? It was just so weird. It was so weird. He was, like, a minor league hockey player in Cincinnati. Obviously, that, that did not need to go anywhere. We live and we learn. Red flag, guys. Red flag, ladies. If you... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just am laughing at myself. I know I'm ridiculous. Um... Anyway, Snapchat, Instagram. I personally use Instagram so different than most people because I run a business through it, right? If you guys listen to the pod and you don't know, I run a health and fitness business and the majority of my clients do come from Instagram. So when I got single, I had not really posted to my personal Instagram in like three years. And then I just started using it for fun again. Also, I had that profile as private, which felt very necessary when I first left my marriage because there were certain people I really did not need checking up on me and seeing the things I did was doing. So I started using that again, like just for fun, casual. It's been so much better to like connect with friends for saying, oh, here, go follow my fitness account where I'm posting so much Um, because if someone's not into fitness, I don't want them to feel like they have to follow my fitness account. But I think that now that I'm starting to date, you can learn a lot about a guy from their Instagram. I think a red flag for sure is if a guy has a bunch of Instagram followers. Like, that just feels weird to me. I know it's a double standard. I don't care. But if a guy has a bunch of Instagram followers, I'm like, this is weird. Also, if they follow a ton of girls, like, do guys not realize that we as girls see who you're following? There was a guy I went on a hinge date with, and on the date, actually, it was funny, me and him, and we were sitting there talking to the bartender, and it was really quiet that night, so the three of us were just chatting, and we were open, oh yeah, we met on a dating app, and so we were all talking about our dating profiles, and we were giving, like, tips on oh, maybe you should delete this picture. Maybe you should look at this one. And the bartender was joining in and showing us her dating app. And I didn't have my phone out. So he, the guy I was on the date with, he talked about a photo on my profile and he pulls up his hinge and he had a scroll. We had like just matched, but he had a scroll back so far to find my profile. I'm like, Jesus Christ, how many girls are you matching with? And then he's like, oh, I just match with them. Like, I don't go on dates with them. I'm like, yeah, right. As we're sitting here on a date. But then I could just see as well on his Instagram, be like every day he's following like 10 new girls. I'm like, these are probably all the 10 new girls that you're matching with on dating apps all the time. And like, that's a, that's a red flag. That's weird. And those are things that I don't know if guys want to realize that girls kind of notice that. 
I feel like on TikTok, people talk all the time about following how many guy follow looking at how many followers a guy has and then paying attention to when it goes up or not. And that is just a level of psycho I cannot get to um, because my mental health could not handle it. I don't want to memorize how many followers he has. I don't want to pay attention if they go up or not. I hope he's meeting new people at some point in his life. Um, But obviously, at the same time, you are going to notice if it's like all of these blondes in their mid-20s. But I think that's a huge turnoff. And then I am totally a believer that guys should not be liking naked photos of girls on Instagram if he's in a relationship. Like, that's not cool. I didn't really have to deal with any of this in my 20s. I think that, like, I was using Instagram in my 20s, but let's get real. It had, like, Valencia filter on everything. (laughs) Like, you actually posted in the moment. Instagram was so different. Um, It was so new. And I definitely never had to think about who is he following, what photos are he liking, the same way that these apps are now. And then, yeah, I definitely was not talking to guys just via Snapchat when my 20s I think it's always been a vehicle of oh you're gonna send a nude you can send it via snapchat but now oh actually that's a pretty big difference (laughs) if I'm gonna send a nude to someone now I mean every once in a while I'll send it on snapchat but also like I'm like you know what if you're trustworthy enough that I'm gonna send a nude to you I'm probably just gonna send it in a text because I'm kind of at a point like I mentioned where I feel really hot and confident in my body And I actually just enjoy taking photos for myself. I keep them for myself because I feel it makes me feel really sexy. So that's definitely a difference that has happened in my 20s versus 30s. Because at the same time, like, dude, if my nudes get out, what what are you going to say? Like, that girl's fucking hot because I'm not trying to run for president or anything like that. So many big differences between the apps, social media, how we use our phone in my 20s versus 30s. Going into that from the apps, though, with the dating apps, we have to talk about hookup culture. I will be the first person to tell you that I see nothing wrong with sleeping with someone on the first date. I've mentioned a couple of my boyfriends in the past. My boyfriend, well, my first boyfriend in college, actually, I was a virgin when I met him, so did not sleep with him on the first date. (laughs) The guy dated the end of college into adulthood. We started as a hookup. We had... A night, I think we played 40 hands and we hooked up and then it turned into dating. And then my ex-husband, I actually did not sleep with him on the first night. I shut him down, but like the second night. And then the guy I like a lot right now slept with him on the first date. I believe that if someone's going to judge you for sleeping with them on the first date and you enjoy that, one, huge double standards because both of you slept together. But secondly, then is that if you like having sex, is that the kind of person you want to be with? I also, there was a guy I dated in Chicago for a little bit, um, like seven years ago, and we slept together on the third date. And then we had been seeing each other for about three or four months. And I was like, hey, what's going on here? And he was just like, we slept together so soon. I wouldn't date you. And I was just like, oh, what? Excuse me? And then I'm like, honestly, I probably would have slept with him on the first date, but he got so fucking drunk. He passed out face down on his bed and left me on the couch. So that was great. Um, Love, love bad dating stories. But I think that there is like this title of hookup culture. I think with hookup culture in a way, you kind of attract what you want. Obviously, I'm not sleeping with everyone on the first date because I go on plenty of bad dates as well. But I just don't think that that says anything about if the relationship has a chance or not. And if it does, then that's like a shitty guy that you don't really probably want a relationship with anyway. With that being said, though, I also don't like 
just hookup culture. Yeah, I might sleep with you on the first date, but if I do, I'm expecting a second date. (laughs) I'm not just inviting people over to hook up. I'm not just going to meet someone. I want to go on dates. Like, I want to actually have that connection. I got a booty call one time at 7 a.m., and it has happened to be like, I just thought that was the most disrespectful thing. I'm like, excuse me, no, like, I don't know, 7 a.m., I don't know who you think you are. But at the same time, I will 100% show up after a night out with my girlfriends at the guy I like's place. Like, if he answers, <laughs> I can wake him up, right? If I'm like, hey, I've been out, like, I'm going to show up here. But there's a balance to it, right? Because it's not just that. I'm not just going to hook up. We're also having dates and things like that. I'm not using dating apps just to meet with someone for sex. Like, that's not for me because truthfully, I think the best sex you're going to have is when you actually have a passion with the person, you have a connection, you know and trust that person, and it's deeper than just the physicalness of it all because the better you can communicate, the better experience that's going to be. And when I think back to my 20s, I don't know, I just wasn't like, that definitely wasn't a topic of like hookup culture for me in my 20s. And I guess it hasn't really been a top, like it hasn't really been something I feel like I partake in in my 30s, but it's definitely a topic I see talked about very differently. But with that that in mind, I will go ahead and say 20s versus 30s, the sex is so much better. <laughs> I literally just, I told people, I don't remember that guys in their 20s being like this when I was in my 20s. I think that they're more open, more adventurous. I have dated guys who are more like, dominant which I really enjoy and I'm like I don't remember any dude being like this when I was dating in my 20s before Um, I think though also I'm much more vocal and open and honest about what I want so that allows for it to be much better as well cannot complain I've been having some of the best sex of my life lately and I'm very happy about it (laughs) something that hasn't changed and my sister will make fun of me for this all the time but I still do not know how to leave a freaking date early. Like, I have gone on these bad dates, and I just sit there, and if they're going to buy me another drink, I'm like, okay, (laughs) like, we'll have another drink. Um, I don't know. I did this in my 20s, and actually, so one of the dates I went on a couple months ago, I show up, and I told the guy, I was like, hey, I grabbed a table in the corner. He shows up around the corner, and he has a drink just for himself. And he's like, oh, I thought you would have grabbed yourself a drink. So like, oh, it's no big deal. So I go and I buy my own drink, which, as I mentioned, I don't love this on a first date. Buy my first drink. So then it comes to drink number two. And we're holding down the table at a pretty crowded bar. And he's like, "Okay, let's let's alternate. You go grab a drink and then I'll go grab my drink. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, "Um, like I can buy both of us a drink. I don't need us to be alternating who's going to hold down the table. Like, this is just silly. And the date was just one of those, I'm already texting my sister, like, oh, this is not a good date. And then I ended up staying for four drinks. <laughs> and I personally was like, why do you stay? I was like, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't like a, he was a terrible person or anything, but definitely was not having a second date there. I just don't know how to get out of it. I feel bad sometimes if they're nice. Um, yeah, so that's something that hasn't, I have not improved on. Maybe that should be my goal. Next time I have a bad date, I actually feel like leaving. Another topic I really think about are communication expectations. Definitely when I was younger, all about the texting. I would, when I start dating someone, right, we would just like text all day. And I feel way different about that now. Mostly because one, there have been two dates that I have gone on, two online dates 
that there was a lot of texting leading up before the date and then the date did not live up to the texting at all. I had this one date in Cincinnati. We were texting for like a week and I just literally thought to myself, I'm like, who is this man? How have I never met him before? We have so much in common. I was actually like pretty nervous, really excited for this date because it was just like the banter, the wit, the flirtation. It was all there. It was all in balance. He planned a really first great first date. He took me to Foling, which is this thing where you throw footballs at bowling pins in Cincinnati. And then we show up and one, ugh, ugh, this is going to sound bad, but he gets out of the car and he did not look like his photos. Um, ugh, yeah, like just, I was like, ugh, not that cute, right? And so then we go into the date and I could just tell he seemed very intimidated by me. I just feel like he was kind of shy and he was not really taking the lead on anything, which I've made a huge point that I really appreciate that. And that was not the way the communication was happening via text at all. So that part of the date was so awkward. And then listen to this. This is so bad. So he had like made a bet like this is going to sound silly. Oh, like whoever loses, like you have to hold the other person's hand. And so he lost, which actually that was a huge turnoff. I literally beat him like four out of five times, which I'm like, okay, are you not athletic at all? And go to leave and then he's just like okay bye and I literally looked at him like you want to hug like because the date wasn't I don't know it wasn't terrible and I just had this idea in my head still of like the way the texting was so I drive home he texts me after and I kind of said I was like yeah I was thinking about asking if you wanted to get dinner because we had met at like three so it was like six o'clock and he's like oh do you want to get dinner and so after I had already left the date driven home sat on my couch then he asks if I want to go get dinner and he ends up coming to pick me up. And honestly, I know the only reason and he straight up said, too, that he was like way too nervous to hold my hand. I was like, are we in sixth grade? But I know the only reason I even went to dinner with him is because I had like these hopes of like, OK, where is this person? Is he going to loosen up a little bit? Is that person I feel like via texting going to come out? And no, it did not. I mean, even after we had dinner, he was just so like wishy-washy, like, oh, is it OK if I ask you on a second date? I'm like, dude, this is like a turnoff that you can't just like, ask me on a date like ask me now I'm like I don't wear my 20s I definitely wanted all like that texting and like all this stuff now in my 30s I'm like okay I have things to do during the day I don't want to be texting you all the time like here and there is really cool I definitely want consistent communication but like the all-day texting and then also like that shouldn't be the main way you learn about a person I think that the main way you should learn about a person is in person phone calls FaceTime like that's so different versus texting where people think of like the crafty response and they can be like super witty and combine things it just doesn't it doesn't it hasn't been working for me the way like I'm like ugh. I think it allows you to create a version of this person in your head before you even know them and then they don't necessarily live up to that and you kind of think like wait where where is this person that was texting me before because this isn't it so that's been a huge change in just like the expectations of communication but I do expect to hear from someone every day I do expect like some sort of conversation and consistency but not a ton of texting especially leading up before the first date now <laughs> last topic I want to hit on is the dating older versus dating younger because I've mentioned quite a bit that I have not dated anyone my age since I've been single. I've literally only been on dates with people 28 and under or 40. <laughs> like there has not been a single date with 
anyone in their 30s. And when I was like 26, 27, the last time I was single, I was actually dating a 32-year-old. And at the time, like, I kind of thought that he seemed old. I was like, man, he's kind of old. And he had just gotten out of, actually, there's kind of some weird parallels. He had just gotten out of a seven-year relationship. And then now I'm 32 and just out of a seven-year relationship. And then he was like an entrepreneur. That's what I'm doing now. So that's kind of weird thinking about how I thought he was so old now. But I think it's really about where people are in their life. So when I was in my 20s, I don't know, dating older seemed so weird. Also, if I was 27, there's no way I would have dated someone five years younger than me. I would not have dated someone 22. Now that I'm like in my 30s, I feel like the age seems much more like a number. And it's really just about where people are in their life. It's a lot more... I think people around my age, there's a lot more people either settle down or with kids, which that's not something, um, it's not what my life looks like right now. So I feel like I'm not attracting those type of people. But a guy can be ready for a relationship at 25 and another guy can be not ready for a relationship at 35. So I don't think that there's anything special that comes with a guy aging to say, oh, he's ready to be in a relationship or not. And so much is going to play into their maturity levels. It's going to play into their emotional availability. And I think all of that is totally fine as long as the guy is open and honest about it and shares like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm prepared for. But unfortunately, I think whereas women, we tend to get a little bit more ready for more serious relationships as we get older. It just really doesn't seem to be that way for men. Like it just doesn't, there's, you know, Peter Pan syndrome, guys who are just never going to grow up and never going to make that commitment. And then people are just going to have more baggage as we get older. And I think that's totally okay. As long as they are, you know, willing to work through it, they've gone through therapy and looking at that baggage so differently, right? If I was in my twenties and I met someone who was divorced, I would look at it so differently than I am now. Um, it doesn't mean someone's still not like a catch. And I think I could have been a lot more judgmental about it in my 20s than I am in my 30s. Yeah, that's a, a lot of the main differences I've noticed. And I would say a lot of these differences come into play in the beginnings of dating. I am really curious to see how things just feel different if I if at any point I end up do getting into a relationship just where things feel different in my 20s versus 30s. But it's just been so... It's just with the wave of technology, right? With the wave of social media, with the wave of changing things, with the things that you learn in relationships and let you grow, it feels so, so different to have such a huge gap. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun and it's been terrible and miserable and horrible at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you may want to say like, oh, dating is so much fun. I mean, it gives us some good stories, but at the end of the day, who am I kidding? I'd much rather just have something, have you know, be in a have nice, happy relationship, but it definitely gives some good stories. So I'm so curious if you guys have started dating again, if you've gone into a little bit of break of dating and you've tried dating again, or maybe you just have been single this whole time. Is there anything you notice that you do differently dating in your 30s than you did in your 20s? Definitely share that with me. And if you enjoyed this podcast, um, as always, please screenshot it, share it to Instagram, let me know. And I hope you all have a fabulous weekend.